Welcome to Singing Teachers Talk. Today, our guest is the singer and entrepreneur, Caroline Redmond Lusher. She is the founder of Rock Choir, which is a music empire, mm. and it has an incredible 30,000 members across the UK. So welcome, Caroline. Thank you. Nice to be here. So how are you and how is um, all your gang at Rock Choir? Are you all back up and running now? We are, thankfully. Um, yeah, it's, it was a long time, of course, for singers and performances in the performing arts. Wow, what we were almost bottom of the list, weren't we, in terms of uh, coming back, returning to normal. But Rock Choir is fully back in the room. Uh, of course, it's not plain sailing. There are still issues cropping up all the time. So we're managing those. But nearly, if not, 400 rehearsals a week are back uh, in the room. So all the performances are now being planned and events for next year so that our members, our Rockies, we call them Rockies, have got their uh, busy diaries back and things to look forward to. So, yeah, the gang is OK. <laughs> That's brilliant to hear. So tell us a little bit about what happened to you last year, because if we go back to March 2020, you were running a company that was based on in-person singing. I know you were expecting a baby. You employed lots of people and you have lots of members that come to you each week to, you know, to meet other people. Perhaps they're lonely. They really, they really rely on coming along to your sessions every week. And then the rug sort of got ripped out from under, underneath you. So, so what happened? What went through your mind when, when lockdown was first announced? Well, I, I think like everybody, it was that, um, is this really real? Is this really happening? But also at the beginning, of course, none of us knew how long we were going to have to be in lockdown. So it was very difficult to make any plans, very difficult to react in an extremely serious way, because for all we know, it could have been two weeks and then we would have been okay. I mean, nobody knew anything, did they, at the beginning? Um, when it started to look more serious within those first three weeks, of course, I, I, I've got my team, but there are 120 in the team, mostly musicians um, who are contracted. They're not employed by Rock Choir, they're contracted. So they have other work that they do. Um, we like um, the Rock Choir leaders to be able to still explore other avenues themselves as performers and teachers. So all of their work was going to be affected, but also 30,000 members, a lot of them rely on Rock Choir, the concept of singing in a group, the well-being aspect, the health benefits of, of Rock Choir. They, they hugely rely on that. And now more than ever, they were going to need us. So what on earth were we going to do? Uh, so cancelling those first few rehearsals was a shock because we don't cancel rehearsals. You know, we're absolutely a lifeline for everybody and reliable. So they know that they can attend those rehearsals. So once the first few started to get cancelled and we realised that we had to properly look at this, it was meeting after meeting on Zoom with the team. And there are 80 rock choir leaders, 80 musicians. And of course, they're all creative. Everybody was reacting. Everybody, some were frightened, some were joking. It was nothing. You know, that, that suddenly we weren't on a level playing field. That was the biggest problem for me is... Everybody knows how Rock Choir works, who's in the team. The members know how it works. And suddenly we had to create something new and ask everybody to follow the same set of rules for this new situation we were in. But everyone's creative. So everybody, their knee-jerk reaction was to try and find their own solution. So suddenly I was having to try and care for the anxieties of an awful lot of people and come up with a plan that would try and, work, try and fit everybody. And, of course, it didn't fit everybody. So all the nuances and issues started coming in so we might have a rock choir leader who doesn't have kids um and and can easily sing in their room and blast the music out and communicate on zoom and then the next person they've got two kids who are upstairs asleep 
and uh, they they live in a two two up two down with neighbours either side, and the neighbours were complaining about the music, and the kids couldn't get to sleep, but they weren't allowed to leave the house to go and teach anywhere else. So homeschooling, you know, a lot of the a lot of the team have their kids. How on earth were they going to do a whole day of that and then have the energy to go online? So oh, it was like a bomb had gone off, absolutely. <laughs> and also, um, you know, at, at, at my worst, and so, I mean, I'm a very, very positive person and there's always going to be a solution, but I was pregnant and um, I, would, I was just approaching a time where I thought, right, the team are superb. I'm, I've got loyal, wonderful people in the Rock Choir team. The members are fantastic. This is now a time where I can just step back a little bit and be pregnant. <laughs> and then it went totally, and I thought, of all the times... To be pregnant, this is not the time. Uh, but of course, I was, you know, obviously it was it was looming. It was August. The birth was in August. So, um, so I was sitting at, on Zoom most of the day, every day. Um, and forgive me for being unattractive, but my ankles were filling up because <laughs> I was sitting down all the time and needing to get out and walk and, and look after myself. And um, and yeah, there's no doubt the stress levels were through the roof. That like they were for everyone in the whole world. Um, and, and there were tears and there were upsets and, and every day was a challenge. It took us three weeks to move Rock Farm online. So um, fortunately, there are a lot of uh, musicians in the team who are really into technology. They were really uh, avid fans of it and knew exactly what we needed to do. And of course, they were then brought into a team to teach everybody else what to do. And as the time went on, uh, the leaders who were perhaps scared of using technology got better and stronger and, and everyone was sharing ideas. And that's the beauty of the Rock Choir team is they are, we are a family and we're there to support one another. They're not a musician out there on their own, um, being just trying to make ends meet on their own. They're actually part of something bigger. So where one musician might have a weakness, there's a strength somewhere else that's brought in to support them. Um, so they've had one another. I wouldn't have wanted to be out there on my own. Um, in the performing arts world, trying, trying to also trying to navigate through the government what what the financial support was going to be. So we were doing that as well. We were helping every single musician. Like, what what can you do? You've lost all your other work. What can we do? Um, so yeah, it was it was chaos, <laughs> like it was very well else. But very important. We all had the same objective, even though the playing field was all over the place. The objective was to look after the Rockies, and we did that. And I'm very very proud of everybody. And how did the Rockies adapt to going online? Because I know a lot of teachers found the same thing. Some people just took to it like a duck to mm. water and other people were quite reluctant. Well, again, it, it depends on the personality, the level of technology. A, a lot of um, our demographic are older and some of them were scared of using um, Zoom didn't, and didn't have maybe their grown-up children around to step in and set it up for them because they weren't allowed to see their children. So we were sending out tutorials to make it really easy step-by-step step, how to get onto Zoom or um, YouTube or how to engage with us. So we helped them as much as we can. But yes, a lot, a lot of members, they didn't want to sing on their own at a computer screen um, in the room where everyone in the house could hear them because part of Rock Choir, of course, for amateur singers is they are never tested, they're never auditioned. Their voices blend with everyone else's and, and you do, we can't achieve that online. Although we had pre-recorded the vocals on the songs they were learning and pushing that through the system so they were singing with a choir uh, but of course they were aware their voice was going out into the room and the rest of the neighborhood could hear so yeah so a, a lot of it was interesting we had some members who 
stepped out but continued to pay because they understood that rock choir needed to survive and the rock choir leaders needed an income so that was extremely generous there was a huge amount of loyalty from the rock choir members um, and then you had others that that just you know they were dealing with their own personal issues and they needed to shut down they, they would lost their job they wrote to us can't afford it um, but then ev everyone was in that position almost weren't they so we we just had to accept and try and take care of everybody as well as we could for those who stepped out of rock Cross, suspended their membership um, we set up a free daily sing um, it was it was every day three o'clock they could log in again they needed to use technology that was the only problem but they could log in and sing with us for 20 minutes a day on the dot so that they had something to focus on that kept their voices going um, keep britain singing we called it we, we we made it available to the general public as well and let the press know that that's what we were doing. So, so that a bit like Joe Wicks doing his exercise in the morning, we were doing something in the afternoon. And that went on um, for, I think it was 100, 160 days. We ran that without fail. Uh, and then as lockdown, you know, the lockdown started to move a little bit and people could go out, but not fully go out. So we reduced that down to allow for that. So people didn't feel that they were missing something. So we, we were juggling an awful lot of material. In fact, we, we totaled, because I saw my rock choir team, the leaders, at a very emotional training session um, about six weeks ago for the first time since January 2020. That was the last time I saw them. And <clears throat> I we created a video to show them just what they had accomplished through lockdown. And it, the amount of footage that they created, tutorials, live sessions, social events online, all sorts of things, if we were to watch it back, it would have it would take a year and a half, 24 hours a day to watch back everything that we put out online, wow. a year and a half <laughs> of material um, that they did as a team. And I, I, I created this video for them. It was very emotional just to say just how special they are and how proud I am of them, of what, of what they did, that they kept the Rockies going, they kept the public going, kept, kept everyone singing. Um, even though they were suffering themselves and they were putting on the smile and they were doing their job. So um, there were tears from everyone at the end, all, all the men, all sobbing. <laughs> when, we look, when I said it's important that we look back at what we've had to go through and then we can look forward and get excited about the next. Um, so there was a moment, yeah, we were all sobbing. And then I introduced the baby to them because I said, <laughs> you didn't even see me properly pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you learn about the business because I guess most people that run a singing related business will never be tested in quite the same I hope in quite the same way again so did you what did you learn about the business I learned that there's a huge amount of loyalty uh, from our well, our customers our members they were superb and even though some had to drop out they've been coming back we're seeing them again now and it showed that the last 16 years of work that I've done and um, and the team in terms of gaining trust from people about that rock choir is what we're trying to make it, it, it the, the, the culture and ethos is very clear. We're a family that is trying to do something good for people and it's transparent. There's no, we're not trying to get something out of people. We're not a big corporation. Uh, I know you're, you've mentioned the word empire. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, a lot of people might take that the wrong way. Empire sounds big and greedy and corporate. And I, I fight to make sure that Rock Choir isn't like that. So it might have the appearance from the outside of being very glossy and a huge setup. 
but we're all very committed and loyal and working very, very hard behind the scenes. And it is a team effort. Um, so as a company to have got through this, um, you know, the team that I do have are fantastic and extremely loyal and I'm grateful to them every day. And then the Rockies for their loyalty, you know, they, they've shown that to us as well. So I know that if we can withstand something like a pandemic, then um, the world's our oyster. You know, we, we can we can do a great job all the time if we can get through something like that. And so tell us the, the story of Rockwire, how it all started. Well, I was... I had been a performer up in London and I'd, I'd been up in London four years and at the end of the four years of singing every single night till three in the morning, you know, there was, I needed a break from it. And I was offered a job um, at Farnborough, at a huge sixth form, there's two and a half thousand students. They needed a performing arts teacher to teach dance, drama, music who had been in the industry. They wanted someone to bring skills in, experience in and inspire the students. And I said to them, well, I've, I've never taught before, you know, this is this is great, but I've never taught. And they said, um, would I do night school? So I took a full-time job teaching A-level and then studied in the evenings uh, to get my um, kind of 16 plus teaching qualification, higher and further education, I think they call it. And I, I realized that the three art forms, the students who were very keen on drama and dance didn't want to do music because they didn't have any experience, but they had to pass the module. And they were given to me, you know, a group of 15 to 20 students who just were miserable because they just said we can't do it we can't do anything and I said well look you can all sing you know let's do something with the singing so I positioned them around the piano I I found a pop song that they all love and I spit it into very simple three-part harmony and I taught by rote all they had in front of them were the lyrics and we got through it and I made them perform in front of the whole college you know I really pushed them in the deep end and that session became something that other students wanted to join so I moved it to a Wednesday lunchtime in the theatre foyer with a baby grand and what happened was was the concept grew into a choir contemporary choir where they didn't have to read music and they were too nervous to audition so there were no auditions and what I found was very interesting was their grades started to go up across the board they, the parents would tell me on parents' evening, there's something you're doing with my child because they are communicating, they're happier, they're, they're more grounded. And I said, I have no idea. I don't know, I don't know what it is, but I, I was seeing it as well. I was, and, and the Wednesday lunchtime was a real highlight of the week. And I ended up taking them to Disneyland Paris to perform. And I took them, we were invited, we became ambassadors for the college. And what happened in the end is, is a mum said to me at one of the concerts, can't you do one for us? I'd love to be up there. And I realised, well, if I can help a, a, a student, 16 to 18 year old students, what would this concept do for other people, in, you know, older people, adults? So I advertised in a local cafe and bought together, well, I, I put 40 chairs out, 70 people came in and I taught Oh Happy Day. And, you know, it's very simple, very simple song. And they were literally, at the end, they were on their feet cheering themselves. It was, it was like the American movie, you know, the, <laughs> oh, my God, look what I've done. And there, there were all these stories of, oh, my singing teacher told me I couldn't sing at school. My husband tells me I'm out of tune. My kids hate it when I sing. But clearly in them was something that they wanted to sing. They wanted to release. And, of course, the social life, as we all know with group singing, the social life is hugely important. And <clears throat> what... What then developed was it was word of mouth. It just grew so fast. 
it, and, and what might seem very simple, there wasn't anything at the time. It was, it was contemporary music, chart music or mu- favourite songs from the decades, either upbeat, feel good or emotional in some way, anthemic in some way. And there was no audition and no need to read music. And that seems so simple now. But yet at the time, the kind of um, the entry levels into choral societies and community singing was that you, well, you had to sing a little bit to get in or you had to read the music. So offering something that was much more accessible and totally based on my experience with the, the students was going to work for everyone. And I thought, well, this is accessible for every single person. And the pressure is on me as the teacher at the front to be able to deliver and be able to get the standard up enough that they're confident to perform. And, and they were going to be a performance choir. And that, and that is literally what happened. It, word of mouth, events, Christmas lights, you know, all sorts of things we were invited to sing at, which, again, the, the, the adults, the members, they were making friends, they were bonding, they were doing something out of their comfort zone which gave them the personal confidence and suddenly we start to see the classic what is now recognized as all the benefits of group singing and I had naturally put them together um it was almost the organic process of rock choir being created um based on my time with those students and also my experience as a performer I really felt that I had found plan A in my life. We're all looking for what is that thing that we want to do that, that we're passionate about and uses everything we've ever learned. And by the time I was 30, there I was thinking, well, I've performed since I was professionally since I was 14. You know, I've I've done all these things. I've learned to teach. I'm a vocalist. I've got my degree in music. And actually, I'm somebody who loves being with people and loves looking after people. And I like to achieve. I, I'm, I'm a high achiever. Um, I'm not competitive. I just I just love the next thing. Winning a Guinness, Guinness World Record was exactly the kind of thing that, that, <laughs> you know, that spurs me on. And we, we won four in the end, actually. So, um, but there's always the next thing, the next thing. And of course, I, I took the members with me on that journey. And by 2009, we were invited, I was invited to talk about Rock Cart on the couch on BBC Breakfast. And we got spotted by Universal and offered a four album record deal. And then the ITV show came the next year. So there was, there were a few years of very high profile attention on us, which, which led to that spread, led to a lot of musicians wanting to come and work with me, which was lovely. And I was honored to hear, from, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled every time a musician gets in touch, actually, just think, oh, come into the family, welcome. Yeah. You know, um, you're, you're gonna get everything you've ever wanted being a rock choir leader. So, so, and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. So. Um, those early years as a teacher, as an A-level teacher, were so important. And although I didn't understand it all then, and now I do, of course, it, it was the beginning of rock choir and making an impact on people's lives who wouldn't think of themselves as professionals or people who could sing can now sing and gain so much. It does um, sound like a little bit of a fairy tale. You have this idea and it just keeps growing and growing and growing. But I know that behind the scenes it must have been a lot of hard work and that as with any any endeavour, there'll be ups and there'll be downs. What has been the biggest challenge for you along the way? I, for me, I think I've had to really understand my own personality and understand that there needs to be balance. And my health was massively impacted from those years with the record deal and, and the TV show and, and, and the, the surge in attention. I was getting probably three or four hours sleep a night. I wasn't well in the end. Um, some of those years are a blank to me. Uh, I, I just, 
I can't quite remember all the detail, but I know that I was exhausted. And I, yeah, stress would manifest itself physically in me. I wasn't aware that I was stressed. I was just used to working very hard and always have grafted. Um, but yeah, if, if something cropped up to do with people, pe the people issues are the things that really upset me and, and, and t really, really upset me. You know, I, I've broken my teeth in my night, in, in the night. I, I've, I, you know, I've probably broken four teeth now um, from clenching. Oh, um, gosh. <laughs> and again, again, not aware, unaware that I'm that stressed, but then it manifests itself. So, you know, if I was advising somebody else who wanted to set up a business, I would, you know, I, I would say, do it. It's exciting, but be prepared. And also, you know, you, you, you can't have an, a national brand for not working very hard. You have to graft and you have to get behind it. But be aware that with every game, there is there's light and dark. You know, you might be a type A personality, a high achiever, but there's there's a dark side to that, which is your health, relationships, your personal life um, gets hit, and you have less and less time. So, you, you know, well, with any personality, I think there's there's light and dark, and something like the journey of Rock Quest, 16 years on. Um, you know, there, there was a there was a point during the pandemic where I, I was perhaps I was less positive on those moments, but I was thinking I've I've grafted all this time, and it's being taken away. You know, oh my god! And and will I have to graft like that again? How will I do that? I have a baby now. Um, how how can I make this happen? And, you know, it's very interesting. I mean, any any business owner would have would have thought the same. You know, there are a lot of business owners about to retire. And it's taken away from them, you know, very sad uh, stories that I've heard. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's difficulties. I know for a long time I made out to the public that it was always happy and always brilliant and always amazing. And it, and it actually was. It, it was, but behind the scenes. And I, I didn't want the members or the team to ever see me like that, to know that I was being hit um from a health point of view or stress point of view i wanted them to know for example the record deal the the we had a thousand members in the choir at the time and the record deal was very important to me um it was something i i had wanted for a period of time during my career and i kind of put it aside to concentrate on rock choir and then it came you know the rock choir uh, the the record deal arrived and i was thrilled to bits but i the relationship i had with some of the people at the record company was very difficult and i was protecting rock choir but I had to make it very exciting for the members because they were signed, you know, they were signed to Universal. We would, we, it was on TV, the advert, everyone was thrilled. And I wanted them to experience that and not know that behind the scenes, I was having a very difficult time and hiding that from them because of this rock um, kind of, kind of way I wanted it to be. And I have a much bigger team now. I mean, there were only about five of us at the time. I think Universal thought we were this huge setup and we weren't. <laughs> but the team now, there's a lot of honesty around mental health is talked about all the time. We look after each other. Um, and when something does crop up that's very difficult, we're, we're all in it together. And I don't feel alone anymore behind the scenes. So what happened to you? Was there one moment where you <clears> thought, oh, look, I need to change I'm really exhausted or I'm really stressed. Was there one moment, obviously it's been building up for a couple of years when you just thought, okay, this is it. I'm going to try and find an, a bit more balance. 
Well, it's it's been more recently that I've I've felt that I ended up having an awful lot of trouble with fertility that I now know has come from chronic stress. So there's been a lot of realization literally in the last year of having almost um, a break in a way from the way Rock Choir was running and, and my schedule, which was crazy all the time. And then having the baby and almost having an excuse that I couldn't go around the country and running around because I had this baby and everyone could see that and understand that. Um, and and I, I felt like probably in, right now I'm at a junction where if I go back to working like that, I can't expect to be okay because I've learned so much from that. And I finally have this baby that I've longed for for years and years. And I want to spend time with that baby. But I also, my true love is rock choir. Oh, and my husband. Mustn't forget him. <laughs> of course. But, that goes without no, saying. <laughs> no, it goes without saying. But, you know, rock choir is so precious to me. And probably that's why I do react because it's personal. It's very, very personal when something goes wrong. Um, and I, I'm at a junction where I think, okay, how can I put some boundaries in where I protect myself, protect my health? And my time with my family, which is so important, but still allow Rock Choir to flourish. And it's all about having the right people in the team um, who feel the same. And it was very evident through Rock Choir how passionate the Rock Choir leaders were about Rock Choir and keeping it going. And Rock Choir just isn't me anymore. It's, it's an entity and we're all part of it. So that's really comforting for me. And I just need to work on that schedule where... I can have it all, if that makes sense, without getting poorly again. Because, um, you know, I wouldn't want, wish that on anyone to, to, to end up physically and permanently damaged from stress because something has been so successful. It's such a shame uh, that, that that dark side has, has set in. Um, so, yeah, balance. There has to be balance. Otherwise, what's the point, you know? And so you've already touched on this um the Rockies and the Rock Choir community. I find it really interesting because I heard you interviewed um, somewhere else and people send you wedding invitations. They, you know, if they're doing a marathon, they let you know. Tell me more about this community and the relationship that you have with, with your Rockies. Well, there are a lot of Rockies. There are, well, there were, there were 33,000 before the pandemic. And I, I'm big on social media because that is such a good way to, to communicate. But of course, some people don't use social media. But I tried, I say tried because I'm still, I haven't got out there yet because of the pandemic. But I would visit as many as I could. And if we were doing a big arena event like Wembley or the O2, I would, I would go and tour in that year leading up to go and see them before that event, um, to tell them all about it and get them excited and to meet them. And it's interesting because I'm, I'm very uh, hail fellow well met. Have you heard that expression where you just love everybody and you don't know anything about them? Um, but once there's a member in Rock Choir, I feel personally responsible for their well-being because they've trusted the brand. They've trusted my work and what I've achieved to change their life in some way. So I immediately want to put my arms around everyone. And often at the end of the session, the, the rehearsal that I might turn up at, there'll be a queue of people wanting to tell me their story. And, and I've been known to sob in their, with them in their <laughs> arms. You know, uh, there, there would be a member who, whose daughter died two years ago and she, she didn't even think she could breathe again, but she, she's ended up coming into Rock Choir. And now she's on, a, on a, a solid platform to be able to cope with that grief, you know. I mean, we're not trying to, I'm not trying to fix people's problems. I'm, 
I'm trying to give them a platform where they can fix their own problems in a much better way and positive way because they've got support around them and they're they're using music to to bring that positivity into their lives um, so I will hear these stories and social media I get a lot of messages um, and I communicate a lot on my Facebook page uh, I'll send gifts to them I said bouquet of flowers about to arrive right now actually to a member down in Dorset who I'd heard had had a particularly bad time through lockdown and the rock choir leader contacted me and said I'm worried about this lady um, so I've sent a bouquet of flowers uh, good old M&S um, and said please we get in touch we get in touch we're worried about you um, so I feel like they're my friends um, even though someone might advise me that's not a good idea you know <laughs> um, but I, I do I do feel like that about them and, and any way of communicating with them I will there's emails obviously I do little video things for them and things like the arena events where we bring everyone together as one choir. We, we pitch the prices at um, break even uh, because a lot of members are having to pay for their membership fee. It's hundred pounds a term, but they also then have to pay for their ticket and their travel. Some people stay overnight. So we ask the arena, well, what's your average price? And then we drop it so that we try and break even to allow everybody to come, not just people who can afford it, but people who perhaps have to save up and plan that trip really carefully. So I'm, I'm trying to look after everyone as, as best I can and communicate with them. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, invitations to weddings and parties and all sorts of things. Yeah, it's really nice. It's really nice. I mean, I when think... Hamilton was born, my God, the gifts. <laughs> The knitting that had gone on was unbelievable. And, and they were, you know, present after present. And I had a system in the end because I wanted to personally write to every single member who'd sent a gift. And, and it was on our dining room table. And I, I was opening them in order of arrival and making sure that I'd written a thank you note and taken a picture and put it on social media to thank. And, and bouquets of flowers, you know, florists crossing, crossing on the drive. Um, it was it was amazing the reaction and they I think it was their opportunity to show me that they care about me and care about rock choir uh, even though they've never met me um, and if I'm out and about I, I'll have there might be a lady who comes up and says I'm one of yours <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just ah oh, just cuddling them you know and the husband's going oh behind, <laughs> you know, and kind of trying not to you know he's he has to listen to the rehearsals every night you know himself at home so it's oh, very I think sweet. Very nice I think piece. that's lovely. Yeah, I think that's really yeah. lovely. There can't yeah. be that many um, businesses where people, well, I know it's more than a business, where people feel that level of affection towards something that they do. I mean, they quite clearly, obviously love it. Well, I think, yeah, that they, the idea is they, they come in, they make friends. Some of them are very lonely their diary gets filled if they want their diary filled. There's lots of things going on. There's social events, performances. They start to feel better. They there's a there's there's a, a repetitive kind of. They know what the drill is, so they're comfortable with that. You know, we, we're we're ticking every box in terms of looking after somebody using a choir the choir concept. And I often say, you know, rock choir is is multi layered. It's not just a choir anymore. It's it's a way of life for some people. And um, we're available all the time. There was there was a time when we just did the terms, the 10 weeks, and then nothing happened in, in between. And really awful, sad story. We we lost a member over Christmas, New Year, because they committed suicide. And I was so upset about this that I said, we can't, 
not we can't be unavailable in the holidays you know in like perhaps like a school might be where they shut down and everyone just expects that and that's how it works and that's fine but because we're dealing with so so many different situations that the members are in we, we almost take it for granted that everyone has a life like we do and, it, and it's not the case at all and, and I said we've got to be available I mean last year through lockdown we, we actually um, we broadcast live on Christmas morning uh, because there were members who who had to be on their own and I couldn't bear it um, and one of my team Tom is fantastic he said, I'll do it. I'll do it. He loves it. He loves it. He's one of the tech guys as well. He's really good. Um, and I filmed something in front of the tree with the baby. You know, we're all dressed in our Christmas pajamas. And and then he he ran a kind of a singing session, Christmas morning, all the all Christmas songs. So we're, we're constantly working on looking after our Rockies the, the, the best way we can. Um, and, and, and it feels personal. Yeah. I mean, there will be some Rockies who who won't behave like that and that's fine everyone can do what they want but uh, but the feeling is of family which is really important to me and tell me about your choir leaders because I'm I'm sort of imagining we might have some singing teachers who are listening who might be interested to find out more what does the role involve and what do you look for in a leader well in terms of musicality the the role of the rock choir leader is in front of a keyboard or a piano in front of the choir so there'll be a head mic piano and the scores we we write all the arrangements ourselves the music the vocal versions ourselves of each song so they're given all the resources and they're trained with resources so that when they get in front of the choir they're ready to go and they're, they're taught how to teach in the rock choir way because we have our specific way there's a lot of training a lot of support um so we look for piano skills keyboard skills and vocal skills now those skills can be improved of course because if they come in and they say look i'm not confident with the piano i can I can, I can jam a bit, but I'm not that good with the sight reading. So, okay, will you be prepared to go and have some lessons and go, go and improve your skills? You will naturally improve by being a rock choir leader anyway, but will you go and get some extra lessons? That's fine. So they don't have to have grade eight piano. They don't have to have grade eight vocals. They just need to be able to communicate the song uh, correctly and in the way that we do using the voice and, and the keyboard. The, the biggest thing that I look for is the personality, which um, is absolutely key. So anyone coming in for an audition who perhaps deep down would rather be on the West End stage and they've got that in them that they, they could still go off and do that. They, they probably need to do that first before coming to us. And I'm not saying that the rock choir leader role is, is lesser. It's just different. And the whole experience in rock choir is all about the members, not about the leader. The leader has to leave that ego behind. And, and I've seen it before where, you know, the, the, the leader is hugely talented, but that ego keeps coming back and keeps challenging the way we're doing it, keeps challenging the concept of rock choir and say, look, if you don't want to follow what, what is, a, is a brilliant teaching method or, or, or how we deliver, you need to go and do it on your own. You need to do your own thing because uh, I need team players. I need people who will support one another like we saw in lockdown. Um, and I need people who will, it will be all about the members and their well-being, not about whether you can use rock choir to, to jump off into another job. Um, and ideally, long term, I've, I've had leaders who've been with me for 13 years now. A lot of them, um, we don't have a high turnover, actually, in terms of leaders leaving. Um We've had a couple through lockdown. They wanted to go and do something totally different. Lockdown has said, look, there's one, there's a bucket list. I want to be a vocal coach for the movies in LA. I'm going to go and do a course. He said, okay, 
Okay, but um, they're still with us. You know, they're still doing work with us. We can still look after them in some way. Um, so in, in terms of a, a vocal coach out there or, or a teacher looking to join us, they will still be able to do other work themselves. They're contracted. So a lot of our team, they still gig with bands. They still do session work. They might teach in a school. They might do peripatetic work um, or at home. So there's still room for that. But the job isn't just turning up at a rehearsal and walking away again. It's communicating with the members, communicating with us at HQ as a team, organizing the shows with us. Um, you know, it, it, there's admin. It's not free of admin, unfortunately. Um, and then there's training three times a year. We bring them together in different locations around the UK where we go through all the next lot of songs. We go through the plans, what we're going to do. Um, we improve their skills. We bring external experts in to help them. So it's a career. It is a career if somebody wants to come in. And I'd love to hear from anyone um, who would like to do that because it's, it's, it's a very special place to be. And when the new leader walks into that preterm training session and there's 80 brilliant and lovely, lovely people, they are immediately welcomed in and they've got suddenly a whole new family of vocal tutor type friends who are all there with the same idea, which is to deliver rock and look after people using their skills as a musician. So it's, um, it's a lovely job. And of course, when we do the arena shows, they get to perform. So there is still ticking the diva box, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, and recording singles, you know, and, and they, they do a lot of the recording. And we, we, we opened the BBC Proms in the park twice. They were all up there in their ball gowns with the BBC Concert Orchestra. So I bring in experiences like that that they would never have on their own, but they can have as part of Rock Choir. So it's an exciting proposition for the right person. Yeah. And so speaking of performing at the, the prompts and so forth, how do you look after your voice? Because obviously there's a whole lot going on in, in your life. Do you have a vocal care regime that you that you do every day or every week? I'm, I'm not. I'm a bit naughty, actually. I've, I've only just started getting back into it um, because after pregnancy, I, I started to worry that I'd got problems and because the body gets totally screwed up. Oh, she's had a baby, isn't it? Oh, my God. Uh, you've got to kind of reset your whole body. So I've just started singing lessons again, which are very, very, very exciting that I'm doing that. And um, I, yeah, in terms of colds and flu and that, I mean, it's almost a godsend to still wear a mask. Um, my baby is coming back from nursery with a cold after cold after cold, and I'm getting it, and I'm thinking I'm never going to be able to sing because I've got problems with colds. So um, I, I think wearing a mask while I'm out is still a great idea because through that lockdown, nobody got anything unless you got COVID, but nobody got any colds, did we? We were all free of it, and suddenly they're all back. I don't know if you're having this in your household. Everyone's getting something, chest infections, throat problems. So steaming is really good. Steaming is particularly good. Um, steaming, resting the voice, not pushing it too far after lockdown, not expecting to just be that easy, brilliant voice that you've got that you had before because we haven't been using it as much. Um, and the thing that I personally is stress, anxiety against stress here when everything closes up. Um, and I've, I've had that for a long time, hence breaking the teeth. I, I carry a lot of stress around here. So um, just doing those exercises, yawning exercises and, and trying to not dwell on it because a lot of it is in our mind. And so how do you, do you have a plan or a, a goal to try and keep your creativity alive? Because obviously something that happens to a lot of people when they run their own business is they wind up doing all sorts of stuff which has to be done. And um, you were a singer for many years beforehand. 
do you um, have a desire to keep your creativity going or, and do you, or do you have a certain, certain things that you do to kind of keep that side of yourself well, I've- I used to write all the vocal arrangements for, for the songs and I've gradually had to hand that over and I've taken some of that back recently. So I'm just working on a Eurythmics song at the moment, actually, mm-hmm. and I'm recording it tomorrow. Um, but I have to be really strict and make that time. So Tuesdays are meant to be on the music days for me. And I had to work it all out with the team because I said, if I'm not careful, I'm never going to see music again. Um, I handed over my original choirs to Tom, who I mentioned earlier, and he, he's been brilliant with them, but I miss them even now. I miss them. I miss the journey that I had with them and the social life I had with them. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to be getting out around the country and delivering snippets of songs that are coming, say, next year that I would have arranged. So I get to just be in front of the members at the piano with the head mic for maybe up to an hour at a time and get to know them, but also deliver some music so I can be creative again. And um, yeah, just, I love recording. I love being in the studio recording. So that's coming up for me. We'll, we'll have another Christmas single we'll release. And, um, and yeah, the songs, just working on the songs ticks the box. Like it would for anyone just listening to music over and over again. You just end up on a high afterwards. So I needed to bring that back. I was very aware. And also that my... I'm, I'm my, my best version of myself is in front of a choir. And I, I had lost that also with the pregnancy and everything else that happened. So I know that I just need to get back to that and everything else will just fall into place. And so what makes a good rock choir song? You mentioned that there was something anthemic about it and perhaps something emotional. But do you literally have a gut reaction? Yes, no, yes, no. When you listen to a song as to it's going to be appropriate for rock choir? I... I tend to be open-minded about songs because a lot of members write in with song ideas. So I'll go and listen to those songs and think that's useful to know what they like. The team will have different ideas. And of course, they behind the scenes will listen to lots of different music. So it could be that there's a new band uh, or artist that I haven't even got to yet. I haven't heard that person yet. And they're saying, this is a great song. This is going to be a hit. It's got to be a hit. So so I'm, I work now with, there's about six in the creative team who will we'll be discussing ideas. And I have to fight my corner sometimes. I, I bought in Mandy, um, the song Mandy, a couple of years ago. And the reaction from my team was, oh, you can't do this. this <laughs> and I said, oh, my God, it is a great song. Strip away the kind of traditional aspect of it and maybe the old-fashioned aspect of it. It's an evergreen. The song is never, And it's so beautifully written. Um, and, and I said, let me do my thing with it. Let me show you. But the song and and oh I had to really argue it and I said look this song is coming in I don't care what you say and actually it went down really well and I, I sat back and said thank you yeah thank you um so there are so there's a range of songs there, there are some songs that I think it's got a driving force through it and you think this is going to work really well but when you then look at the say the solo line it doesn't go anywhere it's just kind of just kind of doing this and you think I've got to pull this out so the vocals can work and the harmonies can work and it doesn't really go anywhere what can I do with it so I'm always looking at that and some songs get ditched because I just say look look it's going to be really boring even though it's a hit it's because of the artist's voice it's because of the um the unusual um I don't know timbre or or whatever the song has become a hit it's not going to work for choir we can do it but it's not going to be a biggie Um, so something like those songs like ELO, Queen, 
Eurythmics, you know, those kind of songs, they, there's a lot more to them and, and I can do something with that. And then, then there's things like, I don't know, what are we doing at the moment? I can't think. Um, well, the other thing, of course, is to use current chart songs and from the decade so that we offer a choice. And then the first song of term is always easy to learn, easy to pick up and quick to teach so that any new members coming in can achieve very quickly and not think, oh, I can't cope with this song. Song two is, is, is a bit longer in terms of delivering it and might be from a different era. Third song might be a traditional from the 60s and then fourth song in this term, a Christmas song. Um, so, so the styles and, and the era that they come from has to be mixed up. And if it's a slow song, the words have got to be really appropriate, usually in the face of adversity or you know, it's something inside so strong um, that, that was our anthem for a long, long time. You know, that was that was key in terms of the tears were pouring down the members' faces that they, they were trying to sing it because it meant so meant so much to them. So that I look I look for the opportunity to create something fantastic with it that isn't boring or dull for them, that I can split between the harmony parts where everyone feels they've got a big part in that song, where mm -hmm. the, the lower voices aren't just going round and round on something repetitive and the sopranos have got all the fun. You know, it's splitting up the fun and the words have to work. I get I get complaints about most songs from members. <laughs> uh, I, I expect it now. I said, why have you done this song? This means this. And I said, well, in your opinion, you have you have decided that song is about that because it's it it resonates with you and your personal experience. But to me, it means this. I said, the beauty of this song is it's just a great tune. And so, what have you got installed then for 2022? So, obviously, putting your <clears throat> optimist's hat on and everything is is going pretty smoothly. What's what's installed for next year? Well, uh, in terms of our planning, uh, next year is still part of the recovery. We, we, we we're not going to recover like this. You know, it's, it, it will be the same for everyone. We've had um, a booking with the NEC Arena. Um, being moved constantly <laughs> through lockdown. We were meant to do it last year. It so sad. It was, it was to celebrate 15 years. And we're now looking at celebrating 18 years um, <laughs> rather than 15 years. So, so next year, we'll, there'll be a lot of work and planning going for that show because it takes a long time to plan those big arena shows. Um, and then we are doing a huge uh, workshop over Easter with a, another Queen song, uh, they're big favourites. I keep pestering BBC proms to see, are you coming back? Uh, because that's a big event for the members and for us as well. Um, and at the moment they're saying, no, it doesn't look like it, uh, which is a shame. So we'll be looking for something else for the members to do later on next year. I'll, I'll be going out and on tour, visiting as many people as possible. And um, yeah, it's almost where we'll be healing next year with everyone rather than me going yeah we're going to do Wembley and we're going to do you know a lot of people still won't want to do that mm. so it's all about building everyone up again building the voices building the, the the confidence up again getting everyone back to normal and then letting them enjoy those those local community charity type events that we that we get asked to do so many of and just get everyone on a happy level again and then the year after we lead them to the arena for the and world part. domination obviously yeah well <laughs> just the uk is enough you know? <laughs> again you know we talked about this how am i where are my boundaries you know? <laughs> um but yeah i mean who knows who knows i i just i've always i'm very british and i i feel very 
uh, honoured that, that I have come up with something that changes people's lives and it's my responsibility to make sure that that happens. And I, I want that, I want Rock Choir to be available in every town um, so that everyone can access it if they want to access it. So that is my role, you know, to, to, to make sure that happens and make sure that we, we don't get so big it gets silly you know, that we can't then control it. So, um, so yeah, singing teachers, please write to me. Well, that's what I was, that's what I was going to say. First of all, I was going to say thank you so much. It's been a delight to talk to you. But if people do want to get in touch with you, should they go via your website or what's the best way to Yeah, the website is the play, rockquire.com. There's um, a career section on there. We are building a separate website actually at the moment in terms of because there's so much information to put on there. But if they go to rockquire.com, and look for that tab, um, and then they can apply uh, through through there. Or if they want to get in touch with me personally, it's caroline at rockquire.com. Uh, so that's very easy, caroline at rockquire.com. And, um, and then I can um, communicate with them, and then the team can get involved, and we can do it that way. So either the website or direct to me is fine. Well, that's fabulous. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, you're <laughs> welcome. How it's nice. Lovely to talk to you, and I love the fact that... Uh, that so many people from all walks of life get involved it's not uh, it's not related to a specific demographic it's just literally across the board and it's, it is very simple concept but the work that goes on behind the scenes is enormous <laughs> you know it's glossy and clean and lovely and it's a home for people So did that whet your appetite? Want more of where that came from? Then quench your thirst for knowledge by nerding out in our store where you can purchase a whole host of specialist educational videos for singing teachers, from building your business to fixing vocal faults. Or join our membership to get access to them all in your own geeky CPD library. Head over to www.basttraining.com forward slash store to get going. That's www.basttraining.com forward slash store.